comfortable though? I want you to be comfortable too. Um, as comfortable as I can be on a stool with no back. <laughs> I know. You know what? <laughs> this lady is so cheap. She didn't even get real chairs for this apartment. And what you guys don't see is that we're literally next to a bed, which I oh feel my like God. we could just probably okay, just lounge on a bed if that's the case. No, we're not literally next to a bed. It's a, it's two feet away. You make, mean, you make it sound like I'm in some like New York City freaking tiny hotel. I mean, it's close enough to not be uncomfortable on top of a stool with no back. <laughs> well, you're not giving people like a good impression of my podcast. <laughs> like, this is a low budget podcast, people. What do you what do you want? I'm sorry, guys. I'm just being old. My back isn't what it used to be. You know what? I am always trying to work on my posture, but I catch myself like half an hour later after I've been like slouching over my computer for an hour. You're like, I'm like, shit. Straighten my back, right? Yeah, I think I have hunchback syndrome personally. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because I'm just always hunched. And then, like, I gotta, I feel like it's extra work for me to stand upright. Like, for me to straighten out my back, it doesn't feel natural to me. It feels like I'm working too hard to keep it like that. Yeah, I know. I look at other people and I'm like, are they, do they just have perfect posture or are they consciously? putting their back in a straight position. It seems like so much work to me. You know, I thought that when I was a kid, when I looked at other people close their mouths, because I had buck teeth. I had half slash half. Um, so, so when I looked at other people, they all like close their mouth like naturally. And I was like, are they consciously doing that? And my teeth just protrude so far out of my mouth, I can't close my mouth or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I guess that that was a thing when we were kids. I remember that. Um, I too had buck teeth. Um, you did, but my but I was able to close my mouth though natu oh, naturally, okay. and I it did, it wasn't that much hard work. Your teeth weren't as big as mine then, <laughs> but you do have. So you big had like a, a bit of a bit of a Bugs Bunny, is what you had. Not a bit of like I'm talking like they were sticking out at a huge angle like this. Wow. Yeah. I know. They were really bad. I could show you a picture of my buck teeth and if you want. And then you had braces? And then I had braces. How long? Uh, for a year and a half. I had it like around the same time. I had it like two years. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the I had two college years, which is not no, the same so as getting I. them in elementary school when everyone else has them. Dude, so did I. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, having them young when they tease you or having them when you're just too damn old and you're in college. No, wor what's worse is having them in college when they're cock-blocking you <laughs> when you could be fucking, but instead you're the one with the braces. And exactly. So and, and you would think that college-level girls or guys would, you know, be mature enough to deal with a person with braces, but nope, they're not. They, they still get in the way. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just not attractive. It's just like, oh, you got braces. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cute when it's on somebody old, like Jay Davis. <laughs> <laughs> he still has braces. Really? Yeah, I just saw him yesterday. Wow. Yeah. When did he get them? I don't know. He's had them for a while. I like mean, behind? Or like? No, not behind. Like the plastic ones? No, not Invisalign. He has like metal braces. Jay Davis from the parlor? Yeah. You don't I've, do his shows? I've never seen braces on his he, teeth. He where he has braces right now on his teeth. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. I guess I haven't I mean, seen them in a while. I need to get braces too. Um, didn't you have the Invisalign? Okay, I had braces, then I had Invisalign. And the thing about Invisalign is I, you know, they tell you just wear your tray at night. And I wear my tray at night every day. Except for a couple days this year, I forgot it when I went on the road somewhere and I left it at home. And then three days later, I had my retainer back on. Okay, so that's probably the most I'm pretty good with stuff like that. But I went to the dentist and I would be wearing my retainer like throughout the day, even though they told me just wear it at night. But I'm like, well, they're going to move. And she's like, no, don't worry. They're not going to move. And then I stopped wearing them during the day and I just wore them at night. And I listened to this fucking hygienist at the dentist office and now my teeth have moved i have to get it again i should have never listened to her because she was like don't worry don't worry about things don't worry if you worry bad things will happen you know she was one of those people Mm -hmm. and it just um and so you're not able to put in the the last tray that you got to to move it back into place i'm in my last i've done my last tray this is just the retainer Oh, I see. Yeah, but they still move because during the day, they're moving. And if you, like, you know, like to suck your finger, (laughs) if you like to suck your thumb, then, you know, or other body parts, then your teeth might move. Right. I thought the thumb was like the the censoring on the show or something. (laughs) Like, okay, we'll go with that thumb. censoring on this show <laughs> <laughs> no she really meant thumb guys disappointingly you know what i mean if you if you're sucking something <laughs> then that's why you know what are the chances i think women have a higher chance of having buck teeth than men later in life because there's more dick sucking going on <laughs> right whereas if a guy if you're sucking on some titties it's like, is that really going to fuck your teeth back up? <laughs> no. Unless the areola is like cock size. <laughs> What's the biggest areola you've seen? Um, definitely not big enough to make me buck tooth. That's for sure. <laughs> like they all were under the buck tooth level. Have you ever seen like an areola? Like, have you ever been shocked? You like get her undressed and then you're just like, whoa, this nipple is like three inches long. Um, I've seen some big ones, but nothing that got me that surprised yeah they were all you know no because i go to the spa and i'm just like hanging out in the locker room and everybody's naked so it's just like i get to see like a bunch of girls naked and areolas differ in size like some some that just don't get hard that often and then some get like some are hard all the time and are like really long right and then some are like almost non-existent yeah some of those like almost just flat yeah, 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 and almost have no bumps. You almost you, you almost want bumps. Around? <laughs> the ones around? Yeah, the bumps around. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't really care for those too much, but okay. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> and then don't get me even started on the pussies. They're all different. Bumps as well? No. Oh, okay. Just like, <laughs> there's like some are, are hidden and some are not. Yeah, some look like um, leaves of lettuce, and then some don't. (laughs) Yeah, some have like a design, like a Georgia O'Keeffe sort of, you know, beautiful flower pattern, and then some are just like Frank Lloyd Wright, like cut and dry, like they're just a T. 
right? Yes. I sound like I watch porn. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I think that, you know, you got it right, though. Those, those really are the two. There's two different types. Yeah, yeah. Um, me, personally, I prefer the non-lettuce. The, um, the organized type. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. but everybody, it's like if, if you're insecure about your vagina, there's always a guy who will think your vagina is pretty, you know? Right? Have you ever seen a vagina that was, like, so ugly that was, like... Well, I mean, I think at the risk of sounding gay, um, I don't think a vagina is a very attractive thing to look at to begin with. (laughs) It looks like an open wound. Oh, my God. Maybe Um, you're gay. uh, No, I mean, it feels great, you know? I love it, but but it's just not the most attractive thing to look at. I feel the same about penises. And I still have sex with penises, you know, and sometimes even dickheads. But <laughs> like vaginas and penises are kind of gross, right? That's why midgets have a horrible life that they live. They're looking at everybody's crotch all the time. <laughs> right? Imagine if our society, <laughs> we didn't wear clothes and midgets would just have to be bumping into balls and loose hanging vaginal tabs. Oh, that's I'm just grateful I'm not a midget today. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not bumping into balls today. <laughs> or like on a regular basis. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I have Corey Fernandez on my podcast. Yes. Yes. yes you know him from. Oh, my God. I forgot to look up your credits before you got here. But I do know HBO. There are so many, you know, so many. Um, You were in Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. I saw you in that. Um, Yes. Yes. Okay. feel free to fill in your own credits. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I've done a lot of stuff. I mean, most of it kind of old, but um, you did say the movie Cop Out, right? No. Oh, that that one with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, right. Yeah. Tracy Morgan. That was my first movie. Um, Kevin Smith directed it from um, uh, Chasing Amy and Clerks and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, I was like the first Puerto Rican on Def Comedy Jam, if oh, that re- means you anything. Were? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. But you're not like really Puerto Rican. <laughs> you're like so... Not Puerto Rican. Yes, I mean, you, tis true. You I am so Puerto not Puerto Rican, Rican. And your name is Corey Fernandez. So people expect you to know Spanish. And that's always awkward when you're just like, sorry, I don't know Spanish. I don't know if people really expect it with the first name Corey. I think Corey is a little bit of a giveaway that maybe this dude doesn't speak Spanish. Oh, <laughs> right. Because you're not a Pedro right, or a Hector exactly. or something. It's yeah. not like I'm Carlos or something. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. My, my brother's Carlos. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I think Corey's kind of like an indication that, you know, I right, Americanized Latino. <laughs> right. I <laughs> guess know? so. Yeah, totally. Um, which still doesn't help because I still get asked left and right, of course. Um, but I just don't understand why Latinos especially are so surprised when they find out that I don't speak it. Um, as if though we're like the first Latino settlers here or something. It's because Latinos have such a family-centric culture and that they would just expect you to be going to birthday parties and quinceañeras and stuff that you would just be... (laughs) (laughs) Just 
just learning the numbers as you you know hit the pinata every time they're counting yeah, down because like latinos they go to like the eye doctor together they go to like doctor's appointments and they do everything together it's fucking so you would think that well aren't you around all of your relatives like regularly but i also don't understand how they don't uh, you know um understand the concept of us being here for quite a long time now there's been many generations of us here and this shit just fades away <laughs> i don't think that's a hard concept to grasp yeah you know i think that they're just being dicks personally <laughs> they just want to like kind of like jab at you a little bit like oh you don't speak spanish oh like it's their kind of way of like having fun with you a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, they poke fun at you, yeah, right? Because exactly. you don't know what they're even saying. Yeah, they, you know, I just think they just want to be dicks. So thanks a lot, Latinos, for being dicks. <laughs> well, it's in your culture to be a dick. <laughs> no, but in is a, it? I didn't know. No, I mean like in a good way, just like you know, to jab and poke fun at people. I like that about the Latino culture. I don't know. I thought that was everyone, but okay. No. I think Latinos do it a little more. That's why I'm always surprised when people get offended when, like, like Sofia Vergara did something at the Golden Globes, and they were offended that, what did she do? A joke about her, she said anal instead of annual, and that's what, that's the joke that the writers wrote in there, and, like, people were, like, upset about it. Like, Latinas were upset about it. They're like, how dare she? It's like, why are you going to get upset about that? Mm-hmm right yeah. like you're supposed to be known to be like funny and like cool with shit right i'm su- I'm always surprised when latinos get upset about that stuff yeah i th- I think that they they just they're too pretentious sometimes you know they just i don't know they just you know um like have you ever been to the puerto rican parade like those are the proudest people ever you know yeah and, and you're like so far away from that <laughs> you would I never be caught with a puerto rican pl- uh, flag in your car um, I mean, maybe on the Puerto Rican Day Parade, uh, I would, but um, on a regular day, probably not. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I just don't get patriotism. I don't think it makes sense. I think it's people being brainwashed and <laughs> just making decisions before they hear issues just because they're from that place. Well, and the... the- the type of nationalism that these Puerto Ricans display, it's almost like it's a little too much, right? <laughs> it's like, what if you weren't born Puerto Rican? Would you still be marching? <laughs> right. When I see Koreans only hang out with Koreans, I'm like, why? There's like cool people everywhere, right? Do you feel like that? Yeah, no, totally. I think, um, you know, it's a little arrogant. <laughs> right. It's you know? totally arrogant. Yeah. That's why I've never been one of those people who only hang out with my kind and fucking wear my flag everywhere and just like, proud korean all the time it's obnoxious isn't it a little bit a yeah. little bit um like you think your people are the best there's like there's a lot from other cultures that you can eat from learn from lick from you know yeah and it <laughs> and it's yeah exactly and it's the same for everyone you know st patrick's day parade the um caribbean west indian one in brooklyn you know even though I do like the Caribbean one. I mean, it ain't nothing wrong with winding up on some gals on, on the parkway. Uh, yeah, those are the sexy ones, right? Yeah. I guess I grew up celebrating different people's cultures constantly that I just never really even stopped to celebrate Korean culture. <laughs> 
But maybe there are people who think I talk about being Korean too much. Well, I think, you know, it also depends on how much you identify with it. You know, do you see yourself as like an Americanized one? Do you see yourself as like a traditional one? I mean, I'm sure you're probably in a gray, in a gray area in between. Totally. Yeah, no, I am. Like, there are Koreans who are, like, way more Korean than I am. Right. And then there are some Koreans who look at me like, oh, you're so Korean. You still scrub your body with a scrubbing pad? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so you were the first let, first Puerto Rican on Def Jam. Yeah. Wow, cool. Who was on that episode? Yeah, it was cool. But then again, when you think about it, not so cool given how long that show's been on the air. It took them so long just to put one of us on. <laughs> yeah, but that's something to be proud of. Yeah, yeah. Who else was there? Um, it was, uh, who did I do my show with? Uh, well, D.L. Hughley was the one who hosted it. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, the producer was Russell Simmons. Uh-huh. And then the other producer was Stan Lathan, which is... Uh, the famous producer, director, and also father of Sanaa Lathan, the actress. Oh, that's her dad? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, and then just a bunch of celebs in the building, like in the audience. Oh, um, that's so fun. Who was there? Kanye West came through. Um, like Tyra Banks was there. Um, Snoop was there. Uh Cool. There was so many people there. Were you nervous? It was, yeah, I was a nervous wreck. Yeah. Um, and you can probably see it on, in the tape if you look it up. Um, yeah, it was my first time on HBO. Yeah. So, first time in, well, no, not first time in LA, but like first time taping in, in LA, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's your first TV thing. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. And yeah. you have first big TV. Th my first TV thing was BET. OK. But this was like mainstream, you know? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And then but you did well, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I had a good set. It got me a lot of work. Um, I watch it now and I cringe, of course, because uh, you see all the mistakes afterwards, of course. Yeah. But only you see that. Yeah. You know, like we're our worst critic. Yeah, me and all of the people who trashed me on my YouTube comments. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, guys. But yeah, just us. That's it. <laughs> I know. That's why. Who's the late night host who does the read your mean tweets? Oh. Um, um, is it Jimmy Kimmel makes celebrities read their <laughs> read yes. mean tweets against it? That's why that bit is so funny. Yeah, did you see the Obama one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's so funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good, great idea. Because when you think of, like, celebrities or famous comedians, you don't ever imagine them sitting in their fucking bedroom, looking at a computer, reading their own YouTube comments. But I think that, you know, it's kind of sort of like the tabloids, too. I feel like people, as much as they won't admit it, they read their own tabloids. And I feel like the comments is sort of like that as well, you know? Yeah. I think people go through it. They just don't admit it. You know what? When I, when I did Last Comic Standing and I would read the comments on, I guess there was YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. On YouTube. And like... Everybody was like, she sucks, but like the one thing I remember was like, she sucks, but I would fuck that pussy so hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I, I was like, that's really nice of them. <laughs> like, I like that. 
I was like, well, you know, that'd be horrible if they were like, she sucks and she's fucking ugly, you know, because I grew up so ugly. So it, it, it felt nice. I was like enjoying it. I was like, nice. Thank you. <laughs> people are always like your followers are disgustingly perverted i'm like yeah isn't it great <laughs> like people get offended on my behalf like they're like your instagram followers are really gross and i'm like it's cool with me i'm fine with it when you've had a period where like guys were actively making fun of you because nobody wanted to fuck you because you had braces buck teeth Coke bottle glasses, no style, hand-me-down clothes, you know, broken shoes. Like, if you've gone through a period like that, you appreciate every compliment you get. <laughs> Even if it's, if it's from some pervert who's like, yeah, I want to fuck you. I'm like, that's great. Like, people used to not want to fuck me. I mean, for the people who are, you know, getting offended on Ku's behalf, I mean, come on, guys. I think you got to lower your expectations a little bit and realize what kind of followers would you expect someone to have who created the song Fisting the Night Away? <laughs> I mean... Right. I'm inviting it myself. She's asking for it, guys. <laughs> so... um. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Uh, today is a crazy day because I just found out that my mom died. And um, it just came out of nowhere. You know? Yeah. And my brother called me and he was crying. And I was like, are you okay? You know, I thought I would have to like talk him off a ledge. Like, what's going on? And then he told me that my mom had a heart attack. And I was like, uh, and she died. And I could tell by him, like, you know, when you get a phone call saying that somebody in your family has died, you almost want them to be crying so that you are prepared for what they're about to say. Right? Right. Because right. I just talked to my dad and he was like super calm. But my brother was like crying. And I'm glad I got the crying phone call before the calm one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it let me cry right away. Like, he was crying already on the phone, and I just burst out into tears crying. And, you know, I just, like, I, it, it just came, like, all of a sudden. It's not like my mom was sick, or she had cancer, or nothing. She had diabetes and arthritis, and she was sick in that way. But, like, people can live with diabetes and arthritis for years. Right. Right. My grandmother has that. And right. So yeah. it's not like we were expecting my mom to like die anytime soon. And she's young. And so I was just I was just shocked. But I also. Um, I don't know. It was like. It's just weird, like. When it happens all of a sudden and you're not prepared for it. You know, yeah, that's the worst. Is it the worst? Yeah, when it slaps you in the face unexpectedly. Or it, some, but there's sometimes something's good about it too. Like you just get it over with and just okay. Like now we're just dealing with this. And when's the funeral? You know. Yeah. And then like you just go through your mind like, well, I should have talked to her. You know. Like I should have talked to her. Like I feel like I should have like gone to a therapist with her. You know, because there was like so much, so many issues, like 
in our family that was just like so hard to deal with that I've talked about in therapy with my therapist about my parents and like and I I just wish I had done that I just never did that you know like I talked to my therapist about it and um and she was like why don't we bring your mom in here and then we can sit down and talk and then they just like I don't know actually you know what happened is that I was telling my therapist, I was like, you know what? My parents are going to visit me in Miami. And then um, I was like telling my therapist like, oh, I'm going to have them stay in my house and all this stuff. And she just made this face like, why would you have your parents stay with your with you in your house? You've just been telling me for the past year and a half that, you know, how abusive they were and like how they didn't protect you and all this stuff. So, um. And so when she made that face, it made me realize, like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, why am I why am I housing these people who were really bad to me and didn't protect me when I was a kid, you know? So we just never did that session. But I kind of wish they I did, you know, like it would have it would have gotten like some closure before she died. Like now she's just dead, you know? Yeah. Um. I'm sorry to bring you in on this day, but like, I also was like looking forward to seeing you and hanging out with you. You know, like I haven't seen you in a while. No, and you totally caught me off guard. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm you sorry. were handling it so well, and uh, I couldn't imagine, but you know, being the way you are, if you know something like that happened to me. Um, and I think that's kind of what made it so shocking is that you were looking like you were taking it pretty well. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I've talked about this with my therapist. I've talked about it. I've said, you know, the good thing about when my parents die is that I'm not going to be sad. You know, because I've talked about, like, how much, like, how bad they were for us and, like, how they just didn't care. Like, my mom told me. She said, I never hugged you when you were a kid because... I wanted you to be strong and independent, you know, like, but what is that? What kind of mother does that? You know, like, like, I know she didn't want to be a mother. Like religion just made her be a mother. And a lot of people that shit happens to them. Like my mom, like when my sister and my brother were kids, they were one and two years old. And my mom was like, well, I can't take care of all five kids. So they went to Korea and they lived in Korea for a year and a half when they were babies. I'm like, do you know any mom like, you know, even if you're on welfare, even if you're, you know, have no money to pay the bills, you don't just send your kids to another country or where the country where you're from and just say, hey, have my sister take care of them for a year and a half. Like I have friends who have babies now and I see how much like they care for them and you pick them up and you love them. I can't imagine ever sending my baby away you know yeah and like i don't want to sit here and condemn my mom because she just died but it's like you know sometimes when people's parents die everybody's like on facebook like oh you know she was a wonderful woman and all this stuff and it's just like yeah i have a lot of things that i got from my mom because my mom was always really like gregarious and she would connect with everybody she had like a million people's numbers in her cell phone like she just was always connecting with people and she was she was the entertainer you know like I got my funniness from her but 
she also just wasn't, you know, she just wasn't a good mom, you know, like she probably would have been better off not having had kids, you know, I guess that sounds suicidal, but I'm not, don't worry. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's like, I, I am such a strong person because I've gone through so much shit, you know, like my brother's a cop and his cop training was basically like him beating me up growing up, you know? So it's like my mom never stepped in to protect me from it. And so I just haven't talked to my mom in, I don't know how long it's been, maybe a year, you know, two years. You know, ever since I went to therapy, my therapist helped me realize like how abusive they were, you know, because I would be protecting my mom. My parents just didn't have their shit together. Like I, I would go home and visit them in Chicago and their room would be a mess. One time I cleaned my mom's room, maybe I would say four years ago. I went home to visit them and her room was a mess. You know, she's just was a mental case. And I cleaned her room. I threw out old papers and Bible study notes from her closet from 1991. Like old binders. I found like worms and an old orange in her closet. Like this was just like years of not cleaning. Like that's not a mentally stable person. You know what I mean? Like you ever go to somebody's house and you're just like, okay, this person does not have their shit together. Right. I cleaned her room. You know, like I had to step up and... I had to become the mom to my siblings, you know, and like even to her, like here I am cleaning my mom's room. How many people do that? You know, and then I I just took everything out of her room and I painted the walls peach and I she had like this painting and I just like hung it and it looked it looked really nice. And I like and this like furniture that they had had since the 80s. It looked nice just like sitting there against like a clean wall finally, you know, and um, and uh, I don't know. I just helped her clean it and she just. But but then I would like tell my therapist something like that, like, oh, yeah, I helped them clean. It. <laughs> and my therapist is just like looking at me like, why would you have done, that? <laughs> you know, so it's it's really hard because you see this is my family member. This is, you know, the person who gave birth to me and she doesn't know how to take care of herself, you know. So I've always I've always stepped into my little siblings lives like I was their mom. I was like their second mom and I didn't know how to cook and stuff. And I would just make ramen for them. But it's like. I would just prepare food, but I have like a, I I have like a mother inside me, you know, Right. I just, I take care of people. I want people to be good. You know, I, I'm concerned if, you know what I mean? Like I just instinctively feel like a mother because I had to like step up to that role when I was a kid myself, you know, when I was right. 14, 15 and I always like, I was so jealous of like all the girls in high school who just like had a regular social life, you know, like, like they could go out and have a boyfriend and have friends and stuff. And that's why, like, I just love having friends now, <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. I, ha- I had to like step in there and be the mom. And my mom was a nurse. Like, it's crazy that like sometimes nurses don't know 
like they know what's healthy and what's not. And they see sick people all the time. My mom was a nurse, uh, uh, an RN, and then she became a hospice nurse. And like she saw people die all the time. And so I guess when you deal with that, you're just, you just, it just becomes so normal that like, oh, my patient died last week. Yeah. And you get a, you get attached to them, but at the same time, like you, it's, it almost normalizes death, right? No, absolutely. I um, was dating a doctor and she talked about it like it was nothing and she would lose people every day and it was no big deal at all. Right. Like, it's not like you cry every single day when somebody dies that you knew. You just get used to it probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all have, like, I don't really see that much death. Like, I haven't really had too many people in my life die. I haven't really dealt with so much death in my life. Yeah, Um, neither have I. I mean, I've been to a lot of wakes, but I don't think it's been anyone that close to me yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've been to a couple wakes, but not right. I didn't know them so well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. She I got to watch my sugar intake, you know, because she had diabetes and I have such a sweet tooth. I love eating cupcakes and donuts and candy and everything sweet. And yeah, it's me just too. Like, you too? Yeah, my grandmother has diabetes and um and I can't leave sugar alone either. Like with everything from the morning, too much sugar in coffee to uh-huh. eating sweets throughout the day. Uh-huh. To just soft drinks and yeah, juices. Sugar and everywhere. You know what? Somebody told me to watch that movie Fed Up. Yeah, that's a good one then I'll probably curb my sugar intake, just like I have curbed my meat intake after watching that other one. Yeah, that one is so well put together. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. And, you know, it talks about a lot of stuff, but it really targets sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like the main thing about it. Yeah, it's so bad for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just like, it just, I heard they, they just want us to be addicted to sugar so that you just fall into like the medical, like you just get sick and then you buy uh prescription drugs is that why they want us to be addicted to sugar um i mean you know that's a (laughs) common conspiracy theory i don't know how true it is i think Um, these companies just want to sell their fucking products yeah i think that they would like to profit off of you know medication but i don't think that they go as far as wanting to hook us onto sugar so that way you know i don't even think it takes sugar i think we're just already hooked by itself without sugar you know you know what's Fast crazy? You just met my landlord lady and she's this like older Korean woman. And then, like, to be honest, part of the reason I picked this apartment is because like I thought it was like comforting to have like a old Korean lady in my life. And then my mom just died. You know, should I tell her? No, I'm not going to tell her. Because that's like too much pressure putting on her. But she also is like, all about like taking her tenants out to eat. Like she's like, let's go eat Korean barbecue on Friday. And I'm like, that makes me so happy. I never had a landlord like that. Right. Like most landlords do not want to get involved. Do not want to try to be your friend because then you'll try to take advantage of them and get free rent or get away with shit or sublet your apartment or whatever. It's almost like she knows we're overpaying. It's like, it's like maybe she feels guilty about overcharging us (laughs) in the rent. Like she knows that, 
you know, it should be a couple hundred dollars less. So I'll just take them out to eat Korean barbecue every every month. <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, I think it's nice. Yeah, no, it is. Right? Yeah. And the place is really nice, too. And she keeps it so clean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you like you have to take your shoes off. <laughs> no, the place is dope. The ceilings are high. It's like a big like Victorian manor or something. And, and oh, um, we just smoked in your car, and I was worried that she was going to smell us. I'm sure she did. There was no way she didn't. Do you think she did? I'm sure because she whenever did. But did. Wasn't she saying something to you about smoking? Or? Yeah, but she thinks somebody else smokes, not me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, whenever like I smoked weed in my parents' house, not when I was a teenager or anything, my mom would come downstairs with the Swiffer and like try to investigate and be like, oh, you bring fruits from New York? She she would like not know what it is, but also be playing dumb. But is she playing dumb or is she does she know we're up to something? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not cigarette smoke, so it's not obvious. And when else has she had smelled weed? Maybe a patient of hers. I'm sure. I'm sure as a nurse, she dealt with patients who were high, right? I mean, th- I'm sure she's she's aware of marijuana. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I do like her approach. I'm glad that, you know, it wasn't my mom's approach where I got my ass whooped. For smoking? Yeah. Well, no, but I was already, like, oh. in my 20s. Okay. It's not like you can whip your kids when they're, like, over 25, can you? No, I mean, I was 17. I think I was a little too old for that one, too, but... Your mom whipped your ass for smoking weed? Yeah. Oh, yeah? How did she find it? And then the ironic thing is is that my sister ratted me out, and now we smoke together. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean... My sister know. thinks I smoke too much weed. I think you curb it a lot, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I you make me feel like I smoke too much. Wow! <laughs> no way! I should present you to my sister. <laughs> you remember my sister? We hung out in New no, York no, with yeah, you, me, yeah. and Imagine, yeah, right? No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is she? She's good. And where is she now? She's in Portland. Living or visiting? Living. Oh, wow. Yeah. How long now? For a while now. She likes it. It's what cool. What made her end up over there? Uh, I don't know. What, when I met her, she was already there? When you met her, she was living with me in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And how did she pick Portland? I don't know. She's like a hippie, I guess. That I get it if that's what it is. But then she probably look at me like I'm more of a hippie. Like when you look in our fridges, I'm definitely more of a hippie. Like I have like vegan butter. Okay. I have right. more fruits and vegetables. She has more like Costco, <laughs> like okay. corn dogs. <laughs> okay. Wow. And she she likes it there. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think it's good for her. I like it there. It's nice. She just picked up and went by herself? <laughs> no, no, no. She's with friends and stuff. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, she's good. So, um, we hung out with your, was it your cousin one time in New York? Um, yeah. What, what were we doing? Where were we? <laughs> I don't know. We were somewhere. We were like in Brooklyn or the Bronx or somewhere. And your cousin, we were, we had done a show, but then... Your cousins came with us and we were in the car and then they were like, they thought, no, no. Was it a female or a male? A male. Okay. Latino? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I think he didn't know that I was a comedian because I think he got, 
he hung out with us after the comedy show and we were like just out at a bar or something. And so he didn't know. So because you were hanging out with me and I'm a girl and we're age appropriate, he just kept wanting to like, he was like rooting for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, cause yeah, you know, like, like he was all about like, like my cheerleader. To, yeah. Like he was like totally like such your wingman and you and I were just like, okay, like, <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, vaguely. Oh my God. He kept do, like wanting for us to be a thing. And like he was excited for you <laughs> like type of thing. Like that was the vibe of the night. Right, like, right. Like the energy. Right, right, right. If only he knew that Ku never had any intentions of giving me anything. <laughs> <laughs> he would have not wasted that much energy. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm a comedian. But it's just like, how do you tell somebody... <laughs> It was just like awkward, like we're just hanging out because we're all comedians, dude. But like <laughs> sometimes it's hard to get it through people's skulls that I'm a comedian. I know I don't look like your traditional comedian, but I am one. I know. I feel like he he wouldn't even drop it then, even if you did tell him. He right. just he just yeah. be like, oh, and she's a comedian too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna leave y'all alone. I'm gonna leave y'all alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I didn't even bother telling him. That like, hey, I'm not trying to fuck your cousin, dude. Stop trying to hook us up or whatever. Well, good. I'm glad you spared me that. At least <laughs> you could have gave him the impression that you liked me a little. Damn. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't know otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's hysterical to her. You see how funny that is to her, guys? <laughs> you haven't done it um <laughs> what else do i have in my notes for you um do you do you regret not learning spanish i do i mean i've i've tried to learn it a few times i've taken a bunch of classes it just comes mm -hmm. with the practice i just gotta immerse myself in it for a few months like go to puerto rico or something and have you been to puerto rico i have yeah uh-huh how many times um two three Three wow, times. that's it? You should go way more. Yeah, and stay so, much longer. It's so close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, now I'm living in L.A. We don't do the Caribbean on the West Coast. We do Hawaii. Shut up. <laughs> that's what someone told me. <laughs> Is that one of those, like, quotes from... You no, know, he's just like, that's... that's Overheard in L.A.? Maybe, yeah, it could be one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's supposedly what... They don't do the Caribbean, guys. They just do Hawaii. Well, and, but the Caribbean LA. is great. I love Jamaica. I love Puerto Rico. And now we can go to Cuba. And fucking, let's go to Cuba. Cuba would be dope. That's like a, like, go, like a time machine over there. Yeah, I mean, now is the time to go to Cuba. Like, I definitely plan to go to Cuba soon. Yeah, um, it's interesting. My sister just went and she took a bunch of pictures and oh like, really? Yeah. Wow. And you really see how it's it? like, you so know, they old. have all the all the old cars and uh, it's like the real deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like it reminds me of like that movie. Uh, what was it? The Village, where like um, those people were living in like a a national park and they were living like. Like they were like in the 1800s and they kept everyone secluded and yeah. and then uh, someone escaped and it turns out it was like the modern day, uh -huh. like a car drives by or something like that. Uh -huh. It's kind of like that, you know, it's it's like it's almost like a quarantined movie, off and a it, movie it was just frozen set in time. 
right? Yeah. It's like you don't even need to buy prop cars. They're exactly. already all on the streets working. Exactly. Yeah. They even convert some of them into um, like little boats and try to. Do people out here think you're Mexican? Um. Because your skin is too blanco, really. But you got that Latino look. Um, I think I'm too tall for them to think I'm Mexican. I'm like five eight. Yeah. So I'm like I know Mexicans are so short. I'm like like the LeBron James of Mexicans. That's why George Perez is like such an anomaly. He's huge. Yeah, right. Is that your phone? Yeah, sorry. I just got a, a match on Bumble. <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> Tell us about your bumbling. Um, I swipe like right most of the time. And I don't get any matches, and it makes me look at my profile and say, what's wrong with me? What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Bumble's the one? What's the Bumble thing about? It's like Tinder, but like when there's a match, the girl has to initiate it first. Oh, the girls initiate She's got on like Bumble. 24 hours to say something. <laughs> Let me see your Bumble profile. Let's go over it. No. <laughs> Please, no. So, so how many Bumble dates have you gone on? First of all, before you continue, have you tried tinder or anything like that or? no i don't but i do get like i get comments on you know people message me or people email me and they've seen me my show or something they've seen me on youtube you know what i yeah, mean yeah you get comments you know and, like, people, about guys, guys still ask me out i don't want to like put out an internet dating profile <laughs> like i don't i already get emails from guys wanting to yeah, like, Do you know, dirty stuff. exactly. They'll they'll let you know how not funny you are and how much they want to <laughs> fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he could have left the not funny part out and just said he wanted to fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> exactly. You know, next time do that, people. Exactly. I did go to a friend's wedding who she met her fiance on Tinder hmm. and I went to their wedding and it was so whatever. There weren't even flowers. I was like, he. I was like, he must have made her sign a prenup, because the woman usually pays for the wedding, right? Like the bride's family, like the bride's parents are supposed to pay for the, for the wedding. Mm -hmm. And um. And I got there, and I was like, this is the biggest like no frills wedding I've ever seen. It was so simple, and it was so like, plus it was on uh, an off day, and like banquet halls cost less to rent. But, like, it's not like they were poor or anything. If anything, they, like, actually had a lot of money. They both work good jobs. And then um, they got a divorce, like, recently. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? Next time a friend of mine meets somebody on Tinder, I'm not going to their wedding and spending... Because it was a destination wedding. I spent money on a plane ticket, on a hotel, all of that, on a present... Yeah, I, I don't think anyone outside of the bride or the groom appreciates a destination wedding. No, it's so selfish. Yeah, it, re it really is. I mean, I mean, f for me, it was a destination wedding. Like, it wasn't for them. Like, their family, like, they all lived in the New York area. But I had to go there. But, you know, what's funny is that I bought them a present on William Sonoma. And I bought them, like, whatever, from their gift registry. And then they got it returned Something happened, right, where, like, the item that I ordered wasn't in stock, so they didn't get that item, and instead, they sent me a gift certificate, right? So I bought them something for, like, $200, and I got the 
it was $180, I remember now. And William Sonoma sent me a gift certificate because they already never got their present. Mm. And I got $180. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like a fluke in the system. And this was before you found out that they got divorced? Yes. Okay. So William Sonoma knows if you're going to get divorced. <laughs> um, but that, so that was a sign, the... maybe. I, I kept the gift card. Good. Right? Good. Yes. Thank God I didn't, like, you know, confess, like, hey. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And no, I bought myself a tea kettle, a really nice, one of those really nice, like, $100 tea kettles. Probably $130. Yeah, William Sonoma is nice. Right? They got a lot of good shit there. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's next level right there. Yeah, that is, like, high-end Connecticut shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right there, right? Exactly. So, do you have a medical card out here? I did. It's expired, unfortunately. Um, but I have a semi-reliable delivery guy. Uh huh. Um, he's really How much do you off pay on for the ETA time. Um, like twenty. What? Yeah. Oh my god! I thought I was getting a deal at twenty-five. Yeah, I mean that is a deal compared to New York. Yeah. Holy shit! It's so much cheaper out here. How much would it cost in Florida? Like fifty, sixty. For an eighth, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about New York rates. Yeah, man. If it's like um, really high quality, that's how much it would be. Yeah. I, like I used to pay 20 for like a gram in New York. I never got my mom high. I should have gotten her high. What the fuck was I thinking? She was sick. I mean. Does she even, did she ever do that or? No. So how do you know if she even would have wanted to? You think she would have just been open like that? I would have just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I should have. Just you know? stick it in her mouth. And then stick a camera in front of her face and be like, this is my mom getting high for the first time. I guess I'll just have to make my dad high. Uh, what can I do now, right? Um, so did you take a shit today? <laughs> I don't know, Ku. I'm afraid to answer that because... Why? I don't know. You might find a way to like... Make fun of you through your shit? No, no, you might you might find a way to like uh just redirect it to something with your mom or something. Oh like, no, I'm sorry. I don't know, I just I'm afraid that um <laughs> you know that um that you're just gonna like break down in front of me, I guess. No, I'm done breaking down. Okay. I know my breakdown system. Okay. I just feel bad. It just, you know, it's it a little um awkward you know yeah well i'm sorry for putting you in the awkward position no no i'm not talking about me i just i think that you know um you think i shouldn't have had you over today no 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 i actually you know i'm i'm happy to be here um i just care about you Koo, that's all <laughs> like, oh i know about you. we've been friends for a long time Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know, always I don't always see you like all the time. But, you know, we've like done a million shows together. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, and it's just, a, you know, it's like a really touchy, sensitive time to be with you. So it's just weird. That's all. But don't worry. I'm cool. Like I've been through like so much therapy. Like I've I'm fine. I've become such a strong person of all the shit that I've dealt with in my life that, you know, yeah, I'm going to cry more. Like when you leave, I'm going to like put on some Mariah Carey and just bawl my eyes out. 
I've been the girl bawling her eyes out like nonstop. And it's like, that's really awkward too. You know, like I, I can contain it and I will mourn, but I've also, I've also been mourning the loss of my parents in therapy for years already. I, I just really didn't see them much as parents, but more like people who just needed help and never got it. I think my dad is also relieved because my mom had a massive gambling problem and like eventually my dad just like just like um, disjointed their bank account because my mom was draining all the money and gambling and buying lottery tickets and all this stuff that my dad was like, I'm not going to be able to pay my taxes next year because she's using all the money to gamble. So I'm sure my dad is relieved because They've been like talking about getting divorced for their whole fucking life. And they were still together when. Yeah. I guess my dad was home when it happened. Um, and then he just came upstairs and was he was like, yeah, your mom was quiet for a long time. So I went upstairs and but she died instantly, you know, like she didn't like. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's something it's it's like a phenomenon that, you know, electrical charge in our heart that keeps it going mm-hmm. you know and you just never know when it's gonna expire you know yeah like that's that's what i feel like is like i don't know she also did an exercise she didn't know how to ride a bike and she drove everywhere she would just get in the car and i mean she would run around in the sense of like doing her job as a nurse she would run around but she would never purposefully do cardio anywhere i never saw her exercising in any way you know, so it's like if you don't pump your heart every day, like, yeah, you could die of a heart attack young. And yeah. that's what happened to my mom. Yeah. You know. I mean, Carrie Fisher died of a heart attack. She was young. Right. Yeah. Actually, um, I don't know if you know, have you heard about Ricky Harris? Mm, oh. He was like 54. Oh, yeah. And he died of a heart attack as well recently, like last week. Right. So young. 54. Yeah. Yeah. It's a plumbing issue, you know? It's like we got to, you know, be conscious of what we're putting in the valves. Yeah. Yeah. Of like eating healthy. It would, how great would it be if there was like a, a like a med, like a liquid plumber version of, of, of medication? Yeah. Yeah. Where you can just swallow a pill and it's just clearing it all up. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think I have a good heart. I, I pump it a lot. <laughs> you do the cardio a lot? Yeah. I'm always active. I'm always playing basketball or doing my kettlebell workout, doing yoga. My heart's always pumping. So I'll I'll be good. I just have to lay off the sweets. Yeah, I mean, you said you eat like a a a, a, a like a hipster or oh, a part time vegan. Right. Yeah. So I mean, the dieting I'm sure is on point. Yeah. Well, not all the time because I love McDonald's and stuff. So, um, it's it's hard to like get off the junk food. But when I do eat healthy, I go super extreme and I'm super healthy. I make myself like really healthy meals, just pure fruits and vegetables and protein, quinoa, kale, you know, shit like that. So I balance it out, but I need to definitely be more on the healthier side. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all do. I was actually taking care of my grandmother like before she became really sick Mm -hmm. and I was administering the uh, um, 
the uh, insulin uh-huh. like twice a day. Um, oh, you would you would give her the shots? Yeah. In her thigh? In her arm. Oh, wow. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wouldn't do it herself? Um, She would forget because she had um, dementia. Oh, yeah. So, it was, it, like, she couldn't rely on herself to keep track of it. Right. Um, and, Or she would forget she took it and take it again. Like, it could go either way. Yeah. Where she was doing it too much. But, um... So, yeah, I was living with her. It was her and I. We were alone. And I was, like, doing everything, like, bathing her. She would oh wake up God, in the morning. Oh, my God, really? Like, the mattress would be soaked in urine. I would have to clean all that stuff up. Yeah. Um, And, I, it, it, like, I literally watched my grandmother's mental health and physical health deteriorate. Like, I saw mm-hmm. her going from normal person to someone with the early stages of dementia. And I think it was all triggered with a stroke. Actually, I think she had a stroke one day and she went to the hospital and the stroke kind of fucked with her brain a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. That that happens. Yeah. And the doctor called me and said, hey, has your mom, has your grandmother ever like been seen for any psychiatric evaluations at all? And I was like, no. And he he was like, well, I think we may want to check her out because uh, she's been wandering around the hallways and just getting lost constantly. Yeah. And that was like the beginning of everything. That was when I first found out. And um wow, that's hard. That's yeah. hard when it deteriorates like that. Yeah, I right? saw her transform into someone else. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like an early death. Yeah. You know, she wasn't the same person anymore. Um and you know, she has diabetes as well. And that's painful to watch too. You know? Yeah, when it first happened, I, you know, of course I cried and, you know, it was devastating because it was the first time I realized in life that, you know, how temporary things really are, you know, and people. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I feel like, you know, there's no way to know. Right? How was I supposed to know that today my mom would die? You know? Like, it's like, if we know, I would have talked to her. Like, there's a million things I would have said to her or asked her. Like, I don't even, I'm not even connected to half my family now. Or maybe I'll be connected to them more. Like, maybe I should go to Korea. And like, because my mom had like a million siblings, you know? Like, um yeah like there's just like my parents just didn't communicate with us at all like i don't know anything about them Mm. like they just wouldn't you know like how like i always watched on tv like full house like bob saget sitting his daughter down and they have a heart to heart i was always so jealous of that because like in my house it was just yelling and it was like if there was any communication, it was just them telling us what to do or what not to do and to be quiet. Yeah. Because it's like when you have a house full of five kids that all are in very similar age, it's just going to be loud. And it's just like practically a nursery. And uh, and it's like how... It, I don't know. Like they never... Like the only time we would find out stuff about our parents is like somebody came over and we had somebody at the house and then they would talk about themselves to the adult, other adult. You know what I mean? But they never like sat down and had a talk ever. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I wonder why that is. I wonder what, you know, made them so distant. Um, probably because like it was just more their religion that forced them to have kids than it really was that we want to have kids. And, you know, my parents, they were in love. They, um, they would be hugging and kissing like in front of us all the time. Um, and I think that, you know, my mom just wanted to get married and just, um, like, you know, just like any girl like wants to get married. I mean, not me (laughs) because I always like, it was supposed to be forced on me, but, um, but my mom just like, you know, you have this idea of like getting married and having kids and you don't realize how hard it is. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Watch somebody go slowly, you know, and she was already in pain and like her fingers were like crooked and stuff. It's painful to watch, you know? Yeah. But she still had her wits about her and everything, you know. But she was always, she would all, she would always flirt too with everybody. I remember like the leader of the cult that I grew up in, like this guy Samuel Lee. Uh, we were like in an airport because I would, we would constantly be in airports, like picking up missionaries from the airport, and my. My mom was, like, wearing this new dress that her sister had made her. Like, it was, like, orange with flowers all over it. And it was, like, tailored to her body. So she she knew she looked nice. Mm. She had this brand new dress on. And then she goes to, like, the leader of the church who's, like, 5'2", this old Korean guy. And she's, like, do you like my dress? And I just rem- I was a little girl. I was, like, five or six. And I just always remembered that. Should my mom be flirting with this other guy? <laughs> right. You know, and my dad was always like the quiet one who, you know, got angry silently or like off to the side. Whereas my mom would go talk to everybody like she always. That's the reason why we had such a neglected childhood, because my parents would be my mom wanted to be at church socializing and doing fellowship and converting people and just being like the life of the party. Right. And then. I just um, she just would come home at like 11 o'clock at night and bring leftovers from wherever she was eating. I'm like, what about our dinner? Like what other families? They get like regular sit down dinner at like six or seven Mm o'clock. So but, you know, that's why, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. It's more because I've always been like the second mother in my family when something like this happens, I feel like I almost just feel burdened to take care of them. But I also am getting better at just, you know what? I have to just take care of myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you just have to let it affect you positively, you know? Yeah. Uh, and don't let it, you know, like you said, be a burden. And Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's like I, a lot of times I like put, I put on the burden, I put burden on myself and like I, and then when you take care of yourself, you just liberate yourself of all these like self-imposed burdens and you're like, you know what? That's fine. I'm, I'll be fine. They'll be fine. Like they can deal with their own shit the way they do. And if they 
deal with my mom dying by crying 24 hours a day, then that's how they deal with it. Like, that's just how they are. And like, yeah, I'm going to be crying more, but I don't need to be. I think I like just moving, keeping in motion with like everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Because what what's the alternative? Just laying in bed depressed? I've spent many days and nights laying in bed depressed. I don't want to get back to that. Yeah. It's just I'm older now. I can I can accept it. It's not like I'm 18 and my mom just died. Yeah, no, I, I think you'll be fine. I, I think, you know, like I said before, that there was a reason why things panned out the way they did. And you had logical reasoning for all of it. You know, you there was ways that they made you feel and things that they did that made you you know respond the way you did and i think that you made the best choices for yourself at the time that it that it happened you know and and with the the knowledge that you had and the information you were given i think you made the best moves for yourself and and you know i don't see you or i don't think you see yourself as being an evil person who didn't want to speak to your mom i think you had sound reasoning for it and right. and i think that you know it it was just the best choices that you made for yourself at the time yeah you know yeah um i mean you weren't doing it to be mean you know right exactly so <sighs> in a way like my mom totally wished I was a guy because it's like I think it's weird you get married to a guy you have a daughter you know this guy who's married to you is attracted to you then you have a daughter and you have this girl who's younger than you in your house and she's grown up and she's looking like you more and more every day and it's just like like women don't like having to compete on a physical level a lot of times it can be weird like women are pitted against each other like that all the time but in a family i definitely could sense the reason why i didn't get contacts until i finally went to college and i didn't get braces until i went to college was because my mom didn't want to have to compete with me like that in that way and it's weird to say that but i really do feel that way like she was just jealous of me Mm -hmm. and so she she kept me she purposefully kept me very homely and I would be wearing like the most unflattering clothes ever. And I just thought I was like super ugly for the longest time. And cause I just didn't get my face fixed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to hear all of this because, um, you know, I know th- that even though it exists and it's out there, um, I never really had that experience with my mom, you know, um and you know it's well because you're a boy like you you wouldn't have had that experience with your mom like that's why i mean like in terms of like like neglect though oh okay yeah Um, she took care of you but yeah it's interesting to hear that and i don't doubt that that shit happens with you know uh like maternal rivalries or you know um yeah i'm sure that that stuff happens yeah um and you know to hear it from you is it just it just gives me perspective on stuff like that and even like watching my mom with my sister i i really didn't feel anything like that i think actually my mom was kind of like more protective of her than she was with us with the boys definitely yeah you want to hear a funny story my mom um 
I went to like the bad schools that were local. Mm-hmm. And then when my sister was born, she did a switcheroo with the dresses and got my sister into another like uh, um, another zip code where uh-huh. she was eligible for a much nicer oh, really? school. Uh-huh. And then after that, my brother's born. And she sends my brother to the same jacked up schools that I went to. Oh, you guys weren't in the same school? Well, you know, years later. Yeah. Yeah, he's much younger than me. But, I mean, it's kind of fun, all of you guys being in the same school. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, but you would think that after she learned the tricks of the trade of, you know, doing the switcheroo and learning how to, she can get her kids into better schools by, you know, like um, yeah. giving fake addresses. Right, that your little brother would go to the nice school, too. Yeah, that he would go to the nice <laughs> school, too. She sent him right back to the old school that I went to. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess girls just get preferential treatment or should or and it it, it, and and we're totally different my sister grew up with white girls i grew up in the (gasps) hood wow you guys are so different (laughs) oh my gosh you would have been a different person i I went to all the ghetto schools in the hood she went to the good schools that had all white friends holy shit so i used to tease her when she was younger because she was like she was like a little white girl yeah (laughs) Right. And now is she doing what is she doing? Is she, she doing good? She's in the medical field. She's a physician's assistant. Yeah. Um, so she's still Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was thinking more Asian. but. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Well, thanks for coming over today to do my podcast. And sorry to have dropped the bomb on you. No, cool. You know, I like I know it, like, it, I'm always it, like it, apologizing, like I'm sorry I put a burden on you about like crying about it. Yeah, and, and when I what I meant to say earlier was that, you know, it wasn't, you know, that that you were making it awkward for me. It was just that I felt like, you know, that there were more important things to talk about with you and what just happened rather than me talking about poo. poo. <laughs> 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 I guess I like to keep it uh <laughs> but I did consistent. forget I did forget that that was the trending theme yeah. with the show. That's all right. We totally we talk, didn't address poo on this one. We could talk about poo another time. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, Are you seriously trying to break traditions now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um thank you so much for coming over and um Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. You could follow Corey Fernandez on Twitter. Corey fucking Fernandez. Fucking with a G? No G, just an N at the end. Okay, Corey with a Y. Corey fucking Fernandez on Twitter. And on Instagram, you're... Same thing. Corey fucking Fernandez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to plug anything or... Um, yeah, I got some shows coming up. If you're in Los Angeles, I'm going to be in um, Glendale. I'm sorry, Burbank. Uh, this Friday. Is that okay? Uh, no, next Friday. Oh, what is this going to be after the show? Yeah. Oh, well, never mind about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Uh, but um, I also just shot a comedy movie. It's called Cheaper to Keeper. Cheaper to Keeper? Cheaper to Keeper. Okay. Um, check that out. And, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to do this whole New York to L.A. transitioning where, um, you know, I was doing so much stand-up in New York and now I'm trying to do more acting in L.A., but still active with the stand-up. Um, Thus, I'm currently uh, writing my one-hour special, 
say hello to the bad guy. No way. Yeah. Say hello to the bad bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, cool. Congrats. And, and I thank you. And I really want to get it on Netflix because um, I just feel like that's yeah. the way to go now. Totally. Um, so look out for that, guys. All right. Awesome. Cheaper to keep her and look out for the bad guy. Follow Corey fucking Fernandez. Thank you guys so much. See you next week. Bye. much Corey Fernandez for being here on a monumental day oh now when I was listening back to it I realized I told him like don't worry it won't break down again and then I did but he was a good sport and he was also kind of like the perfect person to be here because he was raised by women and I'm a woman and so he was able to be sensitive about things so thank you Corey so much I Went to Chicago. Um, some of you guys saw me on Periscope when uh, my friend Grace was over and I was editing my eulogy. And when I first got to Chicago, I didn't know if I didn't know. Wait, wait, wait. Let me give my dates first, you guys, because I know some of you guys might turn this off because you're like, oh, I want to hear more about it. This weekend, January 20th and 21st, I'll be in La Jolla at the Comedy Store with Donnell Rawlings. February 2nd, I'm in the Belly Room for Crack 'em Up Thursdays. February 11th, I'm at the Improv with Del Harrison on Melrose in Hollywood. So come out, come out. So yeah, so here's what happened. I went to Chicago this past weekend and my family was so offended by what I wrote on Facebook about my mom. I wrote that my mom loved going to church and casinos, nothing in between. Eventually, she got kicked out of church and she banned herself from every casino. My intention was not to reveal family secrets about the fact that she was in Gamblers Anonymous. I'm like, what does it matter? She's dead. Let's move on. They took it very, very hard. And they looked at me like I was a villain. And I didn't mean anything by it. I mean, as a fellow entertainer, I was actually paying her an homage like, hey, isn't that cool? My mom hung out in casinos and church like the dichotomy. Like it's a it's a human thing to go gamble. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. And everybody knows little old Asian ladies love spending time in casinos. I'm not really revealing any <laughs> any secrets. But, you know, I was stuck in this like religious vortex of a weekend of a funeral burial wake ceremony this weekend. So that was very interesting. I mean, I got to be honest, it was nice to see um, certain people at the funeral. And I saw my old pastor, his wife, my old Bible teacher, and all these people who are quote unquote praying for me and have been praying for me. And um, it's funny how these church people who don't drink or do drugs or smoke or anything, they they keep up pretty good. They look exactly the same. And I was able to recognize everybody except for one of my brother's friends who had turned bald and ugly. And he's like, you don't recognize me? I was like, no, I don't fucking recognize you. I haven't seen you in 25 years. <laughs> like, what do you what do you expect, man? These people, man, if you go to your funeral uh, and you haven't seen somebody in 20 years, it'd be nice if you remind them who you are. You know, when you shake their hand, just be like, 
hey, remember me? I'm Esther Koo. I went to high school with you. Because it's kind of overwhelming when there's so many people. There are 150 people there. And it's hard to remember everybody's names, okay? <laughs> it was... Um, It was interesting and it was uh, I was surrounded by all these religious fanatics who were very judgmental about the way I live my life. And but there were some funny moments, too. I went up to this one lady. I go, what's your name again? And she was like, Esther Kim. And I was like, yeah, isn't your daughter's name Esther Kim, too? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But many Esther Kim. So, you know, you, you, you don't know. And I was like, no, I do know you, lady. Like, listen, I grew up with you. Right. And she's like, oh, there's so many Esther Kims. And she was just like, I was like, I was trying to like reminisce with her. Like, yeah, doesn't your doesn't your daughter play the violin? She's like, everybody play the violin. Everybody. I'm like, no, but really. I go, your daughter is also really pretty. And she goes, oh, everybody pretty. Like, she was not having it. It was hilarious. I'm like, oh, my God. Tell your daughter I said hi. But I still don't know if that was the Esther Kim that I thought it was because she's right. There are a million Esther Kims. But how many Esther Koos are there? That's really the question, people. And then at a certain point, all these old Korean missionaries, they... They came up to me afterwards when people are like eating and stuff. And this one guy points to me and he's probably like 60 years old, Korean guy. And he's like, she's from Hollywood. And um, I was like, actually, I was thinking that's really funny. Well, first of all, because I was decked out for my mom's funeral, because why not? Right. I haven't seen these people in so long. I'm going to look good at my mom's funeral. Also, because she never wanted me to look good. So it was, um, you know, I could just sense my mom rolling in her grave, <laughs> how good I looked. But um, so this guy goes, she's from Hollywood. And then they asked to take a picture with me, which was super awkward. It's like you don't take pictures at a funeral. It's just weird. I'm just thinking, actually, I'm from here and I went to Hollywood, but um, I'm actually made. This is this is what I'm made up of. I'm like a good Christian girl deep down inside and that's why that's why I'm here but um you know my mom was a hospice nurse towards the end and she always she always went to every all of her patients funerals and now that I've been to her funeral I realize why she went to all of her patients funerals you get free lunch and like the family just pays for it like we all went to a, uh, an Italian restaurant afterwards And everybody shared stories about my mom and how she was like shitting in her pants one time when they went on a road trip to Atlanta. These people that she worked with in a pyramid scheme called Primerica. Anyway, <laughs> so I sat at a good table because they were they weren't such the religious types at the brunch table. But I did find out how my mom died when I was in Chicago. And my dad said that he she was sitting on the toilet And she was actually taking a shit. He he goes, he goes, yeah, your mom was pooing. And I'm like, that is just perfect. I can't wait to tell my podcast listeners that. <laughs> And now, of course, we have to continue the tradition of talking about poo on every episode. Because now it's just, it's just even more reason to continue that tradition and to never stop it. So, yeah, so many strange things happen. A lot of judgmental religious people, but most people were fine. Most people were fine. Some people definitely hugged me way too much. And I'm just like, dude, this is the fifth hug I've given you. Stop it. And 
some people I just had to ignore. I'm like, I can't continue hugging you. Okay, stop it. Stop it. Stop touching me. And <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm in L.A. I'm doing shows and follow Corey Fernandez. I think it was I think he was kind of relieved that this happened because he was he was like, yeah, sorry, I've been putting off doing your podcast. I was just afraid that you were going to make fun of me. I'm like, that's part of the fun. Don't you see? Don't you see? So, yeah. So Chicago is very depressing. Chicago, parts of Chicago, the part of Chicago that I grew up in, it kind of looks like Pittsburgh. It looks like a steel mill town where I'm from. And uh, oh, my God, I got to tell you guys, I'll, I'll wait till I have Yoshi on my podcast to go more in depth. But there are some people in my family who are just um, such a bitch to me. <laughs> you know, I went to my therapist's office today and she told me she goes, well, in dysfunctional families, my therapist said in dysfunctional families, the victim is made to be a villain and the villain is often made to be the victim. Oh, my God. Is that true? My therapist was like, are you the black sheep of the family? I'm like, I didn't think so, but I guess I am. I guess they're all against me because they didn't trust me to do a eulogy. Like they all wanted like a very somber, depressing, sad eulogy or funeral. And I'm like, it's okay to be funny during my eulogy. I'm a comedian. You have a professional comedian in the family. You don't want her to speak. What is that? They were trying to feed me this bullshit. Like there's only one person who's going to speak at the funeral and it's going to be your sister. And I'm like, listen, I'm not having that. And then I went on Periscope and I edited down my set list, quote unquote, um, to the cleanest, cleanest, most cleanest bits that I could do about my mom. Stories like, uh, you know, she accidentally bought a bottle of wine and she was so embarrassed she gave it to the neighbors after she tried to return it at the grocery store. Things that everybody could be like, that was totally your mom. And, you know, my mom would have been fine with having a funny eulogy. She was fucking crazy, okay? She was insane and she made inappropriate comments she fucking farted in public all the time. I wanted to say that, but then I really just should have. I was like, mom, people who fart in this country, they don't move. But you like lift up your left butt cheek when you fart because you want to announce that you're farting as a sign that it's a good meal. But in this country, we don't do that. So stop that. And I was going to tell that story and I decided not to, but I should have just told it. What the fuck was I thinking? Anyway, kids, thank you so much for listening to my ramblings. And um, I decided to go see my therapist again next week and probably for the next couple weeks. So, you know, people keep texting me and emailing me. If there's anything I can do, let me know. And I guess if you guys want to contribute to my therapy fund, um, that would be helpful. It's just gang at gmail.com on PayPal. And you can also do that for the personalized podcast all right thank you guys so much i will see you next week bye